Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, your host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. This is the 52nd episode of the podcast, and today we're talking to someone that I'm really excited to talk to because I've seen her work online and I've seen uh, just amazing recipes and all these different kind of dynamic food uh, pictures, and I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, and she's just an incredible person, uh, reaches a lot of people with her work, and uh, just really uh, a very interesting dynamic person. So uh, today we have Tess Masters on the podcast. She's Australian born. She's an actor, cook, and author of the Blender Girl Cookbook and the Blender Girl Smoothies app. She shares her enthusiasm for healthy living on theblendergirl.com. As a presenter and recipe developer, Tess collaborates with leading food, culinary, and lifestyle brands. She has been featured in the LA Times, Washington Post, Vegetarian Times, uh, in style, real simple, clean eating, thrive, living without, today.com, foodnetwork.com, prevention.com, glamour.com, chow.com, among other publications and websites. That's quite a, quite a list there. Uh, away from the blender, Tess enjoys a diverse performance career. She has toured internationally with stage productions, worked in film and television, and lent her voice to commercial campaigns, audiobooks, and popular video game characters. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, Tessa, <laughs> Tessa and her partner, Scott Brick, live in Studio City, California, with their West Highland White Terrier and Blender Cuisine Maven Cookie. Awesome. How are you doing today, Tess? I'm very well, thank you. And if you hear someone heaving in the background, that is Cookie. Uh, <laughs> cook, cookie does, does Cookie uh, blend as well? Oh, God. well, Cookie does. Cookie, well, she doesn't physically blend, but right. she certainly <laughs> enjoys enjoys uh, some foods. We're, we're actually switching her diet at the moment. She's a West Highland White Terrier, so she, some of them develop this... Um, skin condition and respiratory condition so she's got fibrosis of the lungs it's so oh, sad really? so yeah I, I, normally I would shut the door but she just gets a bit anxious right now so she's sort of walking around right now so she hears something in the background that isn't like I'm strangling a cat that's what it is <laughs> well that's good because I don't really condone that on this podcast I'm more for petting cats and, and, and the purring aspect of them um, so I start the, the each time I have a guest on the podcast, I, I really ask the same question, and that's just to kind of get to know who you are uh, and, and what kind of led you to the work that you do. So the question I have for you to start the, the this episode is, who are you and how did you get interested in health and wellness and specifically uh, blending in different recipes? Yeah, well, I... <clears throat> I've always loved to make smoothies, like most people, um, but when, and, I mean, I grew up on a fairly conventional meat and three veg diet as a child. We were omnivores, very healthy. My mum cooked healthy whole foods at home. We didn't have a lot of processed food, but still fairly conventional mainstream diet. Um, and then when I was uh, about 14, I just felt incredibly lethargic. So I was finally diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus. and. I, uh, I went to a naturopath and he suggested I give up gluten and dairy and I felt better almost overnight. I'm not a celiac, I'm not lactose intolerant, but I do have a, a mild intolerance to both of those things. So I felt better almost overnight. So it was really the impetus um, into a revolution into the way that I ate and certainly my introduction to the whole idea of food as medicine, you know. But that was, gosh, ugh, how long ago was that? That was, you know, 35 years ago. No, not 30, 25 years ago. 25 years ago, and so I, you know, back then, all of these things were not really mainstream yet. You know, it was kind of hippy-dippy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully, you know, this whole movement has gained so much momentum, you know, in the past decade, which is wonderful. But 
I literally became so intoxicated with this idea of how food could be such a huge part of improving your health that I just became quite obsessed. You know, I, I just constantly would read medical journals and books about food and nutrition and I became macrobiotic for 10 years. I did Chinese yin and yang principles, Ayurvedic philosophies. I was a vegan. I was a raw foodist. I was vegetarian. I did body ecology principles. I did acid alkaline diet, the blood group diet. I mean, really, it was exhausting. I really was one of those annoying people that finds the answer every six months and tries to recruit everybody that right. they know. So, and so, so finally, real quick, yeah. it, was, it was a constant changing. It wasn't like you were uh, doing macrobiotic diet while acid alkaline diet. It was kind of just no, one... no, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, I was macrobiotic quite strictly for ten years, but okay. you know, I, I literally dabbled in so many different kinds of eating, and I did feel very good on a lot mm -hmm. of these diets in inverted commas, these ways of eating, but I just found that no one was quite one size fits me. So um, my dad finally sat me down and said, are you having any fun? Because we're not having fun watching you eat, watching you order, and food should be fun, right? Mm -hmm. And that was such a wake-up call for me, and as fate would have it, you know, the, the next week I, I went and did this cooking class, and I met this guy named Stephen Akouf, and he's actually a, a Scandinavian-American. And he really introduced me to the concept of bioindividuality, and this was, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, before it was, a, you know, a, a buzz phrase like it is now, uh, that one blanket diet won't work for everybody, and that I was actually looking for the perfect test diet, and that could adapt and change as the seasons changed and my needs changed according to my, my blood type and my activity levels and, and what I needed on any given day. So that really opened up my entire world and, and really changed the way that I looked at food. And I realized that an intuitive approach to food was definitely the way forward for me. So four years ago when I decided I was going to start a food blog, you know, I, I researched things for about a year and there were so many wonderful websites and blogs out there about healthy whole living, but no one was blending beyond juices and smoothies at that point. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there with my Vitamix and my um, green smoothie and I thought, hmm, okay, this is interesting. You know, I could do something about that. And the more I researched blending as a method of food prep, it very quickly became a metaphor for how I live my life. You know, I think we're all looking for the perfect blend of work and hobbies, loving relationships, exercise, food, philosophies, notes, flavors, and so on. And so I started asking people, what's your perfect blend? You know, and 10 emails turned into 100, turned into 1,000, turned into 100,000, turned into a million, and here we are. So... Um, you know, but yeah, it's just been, I love interacting with my readers, you know, and since my book came out in April, um, you know, there's been a lot more of them. And, and obviously I went on a big national and international book tour and met a ton of people who were changing their lives with food and everyone has a different story. So it's, it's lovely to just have this very flexible approach to food that seems to be appealing to people. You know, I choose to live a gluten-free plant-based lifestyle, but it's not a prescription for everybody. You know, everybody, need, everybody, as in physical body, needs something different. Um, there's no doubt, though, that eating leafy greens, um, whole foods, fresh foods, um, and a lot of non-starchy vegetables and things like that are a boon to health, no matter how what else you're eating and how you're living your lifestyle. You know, that's kind of remained undisputed. So for me, my book um, and now my app is really a celebration of, of how to include more fruits and vegetables into your life. So mm -hmm. that, that's what's exciting to me. So, you know, and a lot of those things, they're not particularly fun. So for me, it's about going back to that conversation with my dad all those years ago. How do we make healthy living fun and accessible and super easy? So I feel like for me, 
you know, time is the most precious commodity we have. We can't bottle it, so we're vacuum-packing, canning, and bottling absolutely everything else. And I don't want to compromise on my health and nutrition because I've got something more pressing to do. So enter the blender, and healthy fast food becomes possible. So that's really... You know, my, my, you know, you don't co-check your teeth at the door with, you know, my book. It's, it's all my recipes. You know, so much of the enjoyment of food is about texture. So I want to use my knife and fork just like everybody else. So they're not blender-only dishes. They're blender-inspired dishes. So it's just using the blender to create a portion of the recipe. Obviously, my app is a smoothie app. So, yes, they're all blended, blended drinks. But uh, the book, you know, has full appetizers, snacks, meals, desserts, condiments, cocktails, drinks, mocktails, tonics, all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. it's really about using the blender to make um, food prep a lot easier. So that's really what it's about for me is just sharing how you can put nutritious meals on the table in the least amount of time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I definitely want to talk more about the book and the app uh, a bit later in the interview and kind of talk about... Uh, you know, the the range that you can, like you kind of mentioned, uh, can be used and it's not just for making smoothies. You can do a lot more with it, so we can get into that a little bit. But uh, before we talk about that, you know, you talked about how you had this, uh, you know, macrobiotic and, and acid alkaline diet and all these different, you know, body ecology diet, all these different kind of phases. Uh, what were you doing at the time? Were you working in, in, the, in the film and television? Is, was that your career at the time? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, been an actor for 20 20- 23 years now, yeah. So um, I was working as an actor and a voiceover artist. I do lots of commercials and all kinds of other voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also, you know, actors always have other jobs. And even when I was doing a full-time play or something, I was always working. So I worked for the government as well. And I worked with people with disabilities. So I worked with a lot of people with Down syndrome and autism mm-hmm. um, and all kinds of other other things. And also people with acquired illnesses, you know, MS, uh, motor neuron, things like that, that happened later in life. So uh, it was just a really interesting, I was having a very interesting, eclectic life, doing a lot of different things. So, um, you know, I was in different time zones and I was doing shift work and, you know, it's sort of, I find that it's more challenging to stay healthy when you're not getting a lot of rest, you know? So um, that's what was going on in my life when I was kind of dabbling in all these different things. And, And, you know, when you're trying to rigidly stick to the same thing when your needs and your lifestyle is changing, it just didn't work for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really good that that was happening because it probably played a really key role in, in um, you know, the development and, you know, the evolution of my journey for sure. Right. And, and at that time in your life, it sounds like you were definitely busy and kind of uh, maybe overextended at some points. So do you, was that part of the, the, uh, the kind of purpose was to find the perfect diet so that you could still do the work that you loved while still, uh, you know, getting by with, with your day job? Was that kind of part of it? Absolutely. The... I mean, we all need more energy for sure. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I mean, I was extremely busy and and sleep deprived probably for a lot of it. But now, oh, my life is so hectic um, and I travel so much that I'm so glad that I have that foundation, you know, and I allow myself to move with whatever I'm doing. Because um, it's really served me well, particularly for the, the past year where I've been constantly traveling and constantly working. And it's been so incredibly hectic and it's not going to slow down. You know, that's just the pace. That's the pace of my life now. So, you know, food and exercise is such a key part of my life, you know, and I just make it, you know, my number one priority is making sure that I look after my health so that I can enjoy all of these wonderful opportunities and, and be on, on form and be present, 
you know, when I'm meeting people and, and talking to people and, and working on things, you know. And I think when you're in a state of sub-health, you're just not as present because you just don't have the energetic force to keep up, you know. So I think it's a really, it's a really important one. And I also think just constantly searching for the answer can be just so exhausting mm. you know and when you just allow things to unfold and just be open to all possibilities it's just so much more relaxing it's just so much more for me it's just a much more pleasant way to move through the world right and, and i agree with you because there are times i think we've all kind of had a, a time in our life where we're you know vegan or paleo or macrobiotic or whatever it may be and i think there's good principles and you know, even science behind a lot of these different diets or and or diet fads, but long-term sustainability, you need to find, you know, what's what works for you. And that may be a combination of those things. And that's kind of leads to my next question. For you, it sounds like you experimented with a lot of different uh, diets and, 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 you know, a lot of them still healthy, whole food based. So it's not like you're, you know, doing something crazy like the Atkins diet where you're, you know, changing the ratio of of, of, you know, macro uh, nutrients, but uh, what did you take from that? And what uh, did you kind of create a blend within those different diets to kind of create what worked for you? Or was, was it mostly just kind of like it, it led into more of a seasonal kind of let go and let God kind of thing? Yeah, no, I mean, no, it's a good question because, <clears throat> and it's one that I talk about a lot now, but I really, like I said, I create the perfect test diet. And I literally, it, it, was, it was such a valuable part of my journey to really delve 100% into these different whole food diets, which by the way, you know, anyone that's listening, if you're following one of those diets, they are wonderful, wonderful whole food plans, you know. Um, and from, you know, for me, I cherry pick, you know, from different parts of all of those different um, food plans, you know, so... You know, I, I employ a very probiotic rich philosophy to food and that definitely came from my time being on the body ecology diet, you know. I'm definitely eating in the seasons and, you know, food combining and things like that and, you know, eating the seasons is such a huge part of the macrobiotic philosophy, you know. And so definitely, I'm def you know, raw, when I was a raw foodist, you know, I found that I still eat a very high percentage of raw foods but I'm not exclusively raw because I felt that, I needed the strengthening effect of cooked foods, and I just found that it was I was just feeling cold and damp, you know, particularly in the colder the colder weather. So I, but I still, you know, appreciate the philosophy that raw foods and those live digestive enzymes that we get with raw foods is incredibly beneficial to health. So I still use a lot of the philosophy from being a raw foodist, you know. So. It's definitely, definitely pulling from all of those different pillars of holistic health to, to create something that's going to work for me each season, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a huge part of it, you know, and I still have all of those books sitting on my desk. I refer to, you know, nourishing traditions daily, you know, definitely weekly, you know, and there's certainly books that I read 20 years ago that I still look at. So, you know, I, I, I just think that... Um, it, it, it's kind of important to really have a point of reference and experience some of these things, you know, to see if it's going to work for you, you know. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are completely 100% macrobiotic and they're thriving and that's a wonderful thing, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think listening to your own body and finding out what works for you and, you know, in consultation with a fantastic healthcare practitioner, whether that's a mainstream or alternative or a Chinese therapist or, a, you know, whatever philosophy, you know, jives with you. 
I think you can you can find something that's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that during that time, you still felt good, you know, when you're on macrobiotic or acid alkaline diet or whatever it may be. Do you think that's just because you were basically whole food based? Each one of the diets that you followed was mostly whole food based. So you were still, like you said, getting those enzymes and nutrition. Or do you think that maybe switching it up, for example, and I know some people do this, they'll kind of go vegan for a while and they'll have meat and then go back to vegan uh, just to kind of, you know, like people cycle herbs, for example. Uh, do, did you notice, was it kind of, uh, you just felt good because, you know, you, you kind of felt good and, and it wasn't really the diets necessarily, or do you think it was uh, just kind of overall creating a healthier uh, being as time went on because of the combination of all of those? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that... First of all, you know, when you go from a complete, when you go from a mainstream diet where you're eating, you know, refined sugars, you know, you're eating gluten, you're eating dairy, or, you know, in my instance, where those things were not good for my body, mm-hmm. and then you transfer into a much cleaner way of eating, you're always going to feel better. That's just, that's just the law of biology, really, because we know that sugar is toxic to the body because sugar creates acid, acid creates inflammation, inflammation creates disease. So... I inevitably was going to feel better on those diets. Also, each one of them is a very clean way of eating. So, you know, even though I was eating a pretty healthy diet, you know, you can always go one step further. So I think that um, I did feel good on all of them because they're all very clean, healthy ways of moving through the world. What was missing was sustaining me at, at a state of optimal health throughout the entire year or throughout every year. You know, that's what was missing because it wasn't a fluid, um, changing approach to health. You know, I mean, if I ate the way I ate 20 years ago, my hormones are different. I'm 20 years older. I live in, I live in a different climate. I have different activity levels. I have a completely different life than I had 20 years ago. You know, so of course my needs are going to be different. You know, so I work out differently than I did 20 years ago. You know, stuff like that. So I think... For me, it's just always going to be about fluidity and constantly being, being, you know, being thirsty. You know, we're constantly discovering new incredible superfoods out in the middle of nowhere or, you know, things that other cultures are doing that we just aren't really utilizing yet. So we're constantly discovering those new things. So I'm always on the lookout for trying new things. You know, so mm-hmm. my latest thing is the is the bulletproof high octane oil. That that oil is so amazing. That's got to be my greatest discovery for this year because it's lethal to candida. It's so fantastic for cognitive function. So I'm putting, you know, a tablespoon or two tablespoons of that. And as a culinary artist, you know, it doesn't have any flavor like regular coconut oil. So, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's like 20 times more powerful or something. So it's things like that where, yes, I'm constantly finding new things and incorporating them and seeing how I feel and those kind of things. So it's exciting, you know, not, by not being rigid and being open to trying and incorporating something new, you discover things, you know, right. and you go, oh, all right, well, that was working for me last year, but it sort of doesn't seem to be, you know, incorporating as well this year, you know. So for me, it's, it's again, I just keep saying intuitive, but it's just so, it's just so important for me, you know. And again, different things work for different people. So um, I think being open to all possibilities is a beautiful way to move through life. But um, particularly with food, I feel like it's, um, it, it, it's just a recipe for success. Right. It's a great way of putting it. It's a recipe for success. That's ultimately we all have our own recipe for our own success, and that takes 
patience and time and, and you know, being open to trying different things, uh, you know, as you said. Uh, and real quick, the, the high octane, was that, is that MCT? Is that what you're referring to? I'm referring to that, you know what, I'm just going to walk into my kitchen so that I'm not giving you the wrong okay. information. <laughs> no, it's from, it's from Bulletproof. Right. I'm going to look at the container so I can tell everybody. It's the Bulletproof... Yeah, the MCT, C-A-M-C-T, 100% C-A-M-C-T, upgraded brain octane oil, 18 times stronger than coconut oil for maximum cognitive function. I am telling you, these friends of mine, they're called the Jing Slingers. You can find them at jingslingers.com. They, They know so much about health and nutrition, and they just take food to the next level. And everything that they do is just supercharged with micro and macronutrients, and the food is extraordinary. Uh, it's some of the best food I've ever tasted in my entire life. And they put me onto this because um, I had them come and come and work with me and my partner who had cancer recently. And oh, you know, they were just amazing. But they put me onto this, and it's just incredible. So yeah, I would highly, highly, uh, highly suggest this. It's Very just cool. kind of zooped up coconut oil, but it's amazing. Yeah. And unlike regular coconut oil, um, it doesn't have um, a strong flavor, so it pairs with everything. So I am just using it in everything. I love it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and for the listeners, uh, I believe MCT is medium. Yeah, it's medium chain triglycerides. So it's a it is. Medium yeah. chain fat that is, um, and that's why it's so it it burns slower, and that's why it's so good for cognitive function. Whereas small train train small. Uh, <laughs> MCD, small chain, small chain, triglycerides. Uh, apparently, I need some. I need some MCT right now. Uh, apparently, uh, yes, yeah, so a small chain triglycerides. They they burn uh, faster, and then so that's why medium chain is better. So, uh, and in, in another thing too that you know anyone can do is even just uh, if they don't take you know coconut oil, they can just take a spoonful of coconut oil and still get some of those MCTs, uh, which is nice because you know uh, coconut or coconut oil has that. Um, so I wanted to talk a bit about uh, kind of the, the the approach that you took. You know, like you said, it's good to be fluid, it's good to be open, and experiment with different things. And I think for some reason it's very difficult for people to uh, be open-minded about what they what they eat. I mean, even even you know, you and I, to be you know honest, I mean, we want to eat whole foods, so we're you know we're open-minded, but at the same time, you know, we want. We want to have this section of foods, if you will, which obviously makes sense. But uh, within the health world, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, kind of have this is the way, this is the truth, the you know, the ultimate diet. Um, and I think that creates a lot of uh, stagnation, not a lot of fluidity, and it causes people to be stuck. And then one of the things that I've found uh, in in the work that I do is that a lot of people that kind of recommend a specific diet, like you know this you know, this amount of carbs, fats, proteins, minerals, you know, whatever it may be, whenever they're kind of saying, you know, you should do this specifically, uh, it can really lead a lot of people off in, on a bad trail, a bad path, essentially, because, you know, if it doesn't work for their body and they have deficiencies in one area or, you know, they their body just can't handle, uh, you know, low protein or high protein or whatever it is, you know. Uh, so, you know, w- within the diets and eating healthy what what for you specifically what helped you to be open-minded to changing because at one point you said you were macrobiotic for 10 years so where was there a point where you thought okay there's got to be more than this or how do you yeah it was when it was when i um when i met steven akouf 
and he was it was interesting I mean it was fate it was fate when I was sort of starting to go I feel really good but I just feel like I could feel better you know, mm. and that is often what happens because remember, ten years is a long time. Like I've aged, I've gone into a different decade. You know, mm. so it's it, my needs were changing as my body was changing, and I wasn't adapting what I was doing in terms of my health plan. So he had actually been back, been macrobiotic for many years as well, and and like me, had found that there just had to be something that was going to take him to the next level. So when he he really, I went to that health seminar, and he. He introduced me to the concept of, of bioindividuality. And I think sometimes it is a chance meeting like that where you read a book and a light bulb goes off or you're not feeling really great or a friend has been on something and they introduce you to it or you see it on television. or you know, There's a lot of different ways that we get exposed to new information and new ideas. But I think that that's the wonderful thing about life. We're all learning from each other and growing with each other. And sometimes you're the leader, sometimes you're the follower, sometimes you're the partner, sometimes you're the observer, sometimes you're the participant. You know, that's what's so fabulous, you know, mm -hmm. about all of this information swimming around. So sometimes it can be very confusing, though, you know, and I get a lot of those emails from people going, oh, there are just so many different philosophies and I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. And you know, it can be really challenging to filter through that and, and, and decipher it and figure out what's going to be right for you. Um, and, you know, for me, I just experiment on myself, you know, within reason. You know, I'm not going to go off and do something crazy. But, right. you know, if it's something healthy, if it's fruits and, you know, vegetables, leafy greens, grains, you know, some people can tolerate grains, some people can't, you know, and that's obviously become a very big point of conversation with the whole paleo movement gaining steam, in the, you know, in recent years. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the whole gluten-free thing, you know, that's, that's to me, to me, I just feel that I will just never eat gluten again, just for my particular body, and obviously I, I don't tolerate it. But there's just a lot of information out there. You know, I, I think that it's about finding trusted advisors, finding people that you really trust and healthcare professionals and a kind of a tribe, a wellness tribe that are going to continually monitor you. And, you know, and my wellness tribe is made up of so many different kinds of people, you know. I've got, um, you know, I don't really go to mainstream practitioners that often, to be honest, but I've got a lot of different alternative practitioners. Um, but I will go and see a mainstream doctor every once in a while, you know, for, for different things. Um, you know, OBGYNs, I've got acupuncturists, I've got colon hydrotherapists, I've got, you know, massage therapists. I, you know, there's just so many different people, Um you know, nutritionists, all kinds of different people that I see from time to time. And I always learn something. And then it's up to me to take what I like and leave the rest. And that's really what I do. Um, and, you know, you could speak to me five years from now and I'm doing something completely different, you know. So, again, for me, it's just about being open. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, that, it was that meeting that really was the turning point for me. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing, too, I, I've noticed, you know, just by hearing you talk is that, you're not attached to your ego. You're not attached to being right. You're not attached to, you know, the, you know, this is, the, you know, you're okay with learning and growing and, you know, you're okay with being wrong. Like if you were wrong, it sounds like, you know, you're okay to transcend that and move on and, and find a better solution. Oh, God. I mean, there's huge. so many examples of that, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm still getting it, you know. Yeah. When agave all came out and we were all using right. agave 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Just right. nothing up agave thinking it was so fabulous, you know, and now that now we know otherwise, you know. So I very, very rarely, you know, will use agave um, mm. in anything anymore. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, that's that's the exciting thing about being a um, being a wanderer is just always mm. learning new things. I'm always meeting people going, ah, oh, this person is amazing. I can't believe I didn't know that. You know, right. so it's exciting to me. You know, but you know, again, there are just there's a handful of things that just remain indisputed. And that is, you know, non-starchy vegetables, leafy greens are just good. They're just good for us. You know, whatever else you're including, you mm. know, and remaining hydrated. And, you know, there's certain things that I will always do, mm. you know. But, yeah, it's exciting. And, and that's the other thing, too, being right. What does that mean? It's just so subjective. Mm. So subjective, you know. I mean, obviously, there are certain things that are just medical, biological, you know, physical reality. But beyond that, you know, it's a gray area. And that's an exciting thing to me because it means that all voices can be heard and you can choose what works for you. And I think that that's exciting, you know. So, you know, it's exciting for me to talk to people that have a very different food philosophy from me because um, you always learn something. Even if you learn, hmm, you know what? I'm still not going to do that. Even if that's right. a takeaway, that's a good thing, you, you know. Yeah. Or every <laughs> once in a while I'll go, hmm, okay, that's really interesting. I'm going to go and read more about that. Maybe I... I've got something to learn there. You know, it just sort of depends what, the, what the, the conversation is. But I think that an open dialogue and continuing to, to be open to all possibilities is, is, is just always going to be the way forward for me. Right. And I like how you appreciate that there's more than one factor in, in diet and health. I mean, look at how many cultures are there around the world, how many different uh, environments, you know, hot environments, cold environments, dry environments, moist environments. Uh, you know, places where fruit is abundant, places where fruit is not abundant. I mean, there's so many areas of the world and, and there's nutrition in so many different forms in all these different areas. But depending on how you live and how you sleep, and there's so many different factors that uh, it's it's ludicrous to just say, you know, this is the way, this is the, the kind of way to go. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's really important if you want to really help people and, and be, be healthier to say, look, I don't have the answers, but I have some good guidelines, you know, and I think that's really what you do. You have great guidelines and principles for healthy living that uh, we know scientifically by doing more of these things and less of these things, that's going to increase the health and vitality of the individual. So I want to talk a bit about that. Uh, you know, you talked about whole foods and, and that's definitely obviously a huge part of your life. Uh, what are some other healthy principles that you engage in and practice in your own life that you know maybe has changed over the years or it's something you've done for a long time that you you know is just great for you uh you know be, beyond kind of whole foods and fitness what are some other aspects um okay other things that i do i mean i'm a i'm an oil puller you know and i'm so happy that in the last five years that's sort of coming out there a lot more and a lot more people are doing it it's so fantastic i remember the first time i put it on my facebook page almost everybody went what is that you know <laughs> And now when I post about it, it's like, oh, I do that, da, 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 da. you know, and it's so fabulous, you know. So, you know, I I wake up and I swish with sesame oil. And so occasionally I'll do coconut oil. I'll mix it up a little bit. But um, So that's a big thing that's been really huge for me. Not only does it make your teeth gorgeous and white and amazing, it cleanses out bacteria, pulls out toxins from your body. I just think it's brilliant. And there's so much that we can learn from, you know, Indian practices, you know, what they've been doing in Ayurvedic culture for years. I mean, it's just... It's phenomenal so that's a big one um 
rebounding another huge one, you know, and I'm really glad that, again, that's really coming, you know, in the last sort of five five years has really come um, into prominence as well. You know, I kind of, when I first got introduced, I'm like, really? What's for old people? You know, who can't do anything else. I mean, seriously, that's what yeah. most people still think. They're like, well, yeah. that's for geriatrics, you know, or that's for old people that need to do some low-impact thing in their nursing home or whatever. No, it's actually the most effective way to exercise on the planet, you know, because every single, it's low impact, very, very easy on your joints. Um, and every single time you jump up and down, it stimulates every cell in your body and is the number one way to stimulate the lymphatic system and detox the body. So I'm just a huge, I'm a huge little trampoline jumper. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love it. And you can do it in front of the television. You could place it outside in the sunshine. You know, you could do it however you want to do it. So, and they're not expensive. You know, you can get one for about $40. So, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's you know really high zoo, amazing ones as well. But you know the average person doesn't need that. So that's another big one I do. Meditation's a huge one. You know, I, I never really understood the value of stillness. You know, I like to talk and I like to be talking with people and I like my mind to be active and I like to be doing, doing, doing something. You know, and and activity, you know, can sometimes keep you distracted from really having an honest conversation with yourself. You know, so. Um, that's a, a, that's another point. big one, yeah. you know, and, and I think, um, just having a really positive attitude, that sounds so trite, but, <clears throat> but it's, it's such a huge one for me because it just keeps me really focused on what I do want and what you give energy to expand. So, you know, again, you know, when I would hear this 20 years ago, I'd sort of go, aha, aha, and nod my head and probably roll my eyes and go, oh God, that's so crystal free, you know, but it's actually really true. And when I embrace that and, you know, now when I, you know, we all get knocks and blows in life. And before I used to take everything so personally and I'd be so wounded and I'd cry and feel sorry for myself and get really absorbed in that, oh, woe is me, I can't believe that didn't happen for me story. And that just keeps expanding if you keep giving it energy, you know. So now I go, you know what, there must be a really good reason for that. And over here are all these amazing positive things happening in my life and I'm going to focus on that. And eventually it will become very clear to me why I didn't go down that path, why that opportunity didn't open up for me or why that person's not in my life anymore or why, or why, or why, right? Mm-hmm. And so asking myself the right questions is, is just really key for me now and focusing on all of, all of the wonderful stuff. And then that keeps, you know, growing and multiplying and then the rest of the stuff gets left behind. So that's, that's a really key one for me. Um, Liquid chlorophyll is another really big one for me. That's been really huge in my life, particularly when I'm traveling. And uh, you can get a couple of different kinds. You know, the, the one with chlorophyllin, which is a copper derivative, which is not healthy. Um, I don't recommend that, so always check the labels. But that's been a big one for when I'm traveling and I can't, you know, perhaps maintain um, the, the really, you know, high chlorophyll-rich diet that I do at home. Right. Um, that's been a really a really big one for me. You can just dilute it in uh, just a couple of tablespoons in a 16-ounce glass of water. And uh, every glass of water I drink is green. Mm-hmm. So that's been a really big one for me. And salt. Salt is a huge one for me. You know, and salt gets a bad rap, you know, because sodium and certainly very, very poor quality salt that's been bleached and iodized and processed within an inch of its life and is really devoid of no nutrients... And, you know, obviously a lot of people are very concerned with their sodium intake. But, you know, there's such a huge um, there's such a huge focus on sugar at the moment, which as there should be. Um, but as sugar produces acid, salt 
is actually alkalizing. It's incredibly strengthening for the body, particularly when you're using high-quality salt. So Celtic Sea Salt is my favorite kind of salt. I love that company because they produce their salt with such integrity. It's so full of nutrients, incredibly alkalizing and strengthening. Himalayan crystal salt is also really good, but I really just love the flavor. And the fact that the crystals, you know, with the Celtic Sea Salt have so much brine in them, and that's where the goodness is. So, um, you know, I'm, huge, I'm a huge user of salt. Um, however, I say that with a caveat, which is I don't eat any processed foods, you know, so I'm not watching, when I say a huge amount of salt, obviously, you know, not with, you know, within reason. Right. But I say that with a caveat just simply because if you are on a, on a particular diet and you need to reduce your sodium intake or you're eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of fast foods, things like that, you know, you do indeed need to look at your salt intake for sure. So, you know, that, that's one that I put out there with a disclaimer. But, um, and just finding time to connect with the people that I love and enjoying my life. And, you know, my big thing for this coming year is just to find a better balance between work and play. You know, we, we're really all children at heart and we never really grow up. You know, our heart always wants to be enjoying itself. So just, and it's so easy to forget that when you have commitments and work and pressures and stress and all that other stuff. So for me, it's about just going back to that and, being goofy more and having more fun and really making time to to do leisurely stuff, you know, and I just didn't do that this year. So I just felt that I was constantly out of balance no matter how well I was eating. So mm. for me, that's going to be a big one. You know, we've always got something that we want to improve upon and something we want to work on, something we want to change, some right. way we want to better ourselves. So that's going to be a big one for me. Very cool. So you mentioned... Uh, how overactivity can cause you to kind of not see, you know, uh, I forget how you worded it, but not see kind of where you're going or what you want clearly and just distract you basically. Can you talk a bit about how, why that is and then, you know, different tools and practices you use to slow down and, and uh, kind of find that own balance in your own life? What practices I use to find balance? Yeah, practices to find balance uh, in within that specifically, like, uh, you know, for someone, for example, there's probably quite a few people that listen to this podcast that, uh, you know, either are parents or have jobs or a combination of both, very busy, uh, you know, very active, uh, don't get a lot of time to kind of nourish themselves and, and uh, kind of step back and be mindful. Uh, and it sounds like for you, uh, meditation and different things helped you be more mindful. But were there any other practices or, or tools yeah. that you used? It's, um, for, me, for me, my whole life changed when I realized the power of intention. And again, you know, when I would hear about this 20, 25 years ago, I would just, I didn't really get it. You know, maybe I was just too young or I thought it was all crystal frou-frou or I, I don't know. But now, you know, it all starts with just deciding that you're going to do it and just making a commitment to yourself. So intention is just a huge one for me. The minute I decide and I set my intent that I'm going to do something, that is a commitment to myself and I do it and I follow through with it. So, but until I make that commitment and I really set that intention, I find that it just doesn't happen and I can't expand upon it and I, I just can't make it happen, you know? And I'm a really, I'm a really big one um, on manifestation, you know. And again, that's all tied up with intention. It's all deciding what your intent's going to be and how you're going to go about something. 
So for me, it's about just just sort of thinking quietly. That's why I had that response to when you were asking me. I was sort of just saying it out loud just because I just wanted to think it out loud. I just wanted to think about what I was going to say. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's about setting that intention. That's the, that's the biggest, biggest way that I do anything anymore is just going, right, that is what I'm going to do, so how am I going to get there, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and then just holding myself accountable to it. So I think accountability is a really big one. You know, sometimes, and I, I, find, I fall into this trap as well, where sometimes being accountable to yourself is not enough. You need to be accountable to somebody else. So that's why doing it with a partner, a friend, a colleague, you know, working out with somebody, um, doing a new eating plan with somebody else. You know, there's all these wonderful studies about how community-driven initiatives um, are more successful than individual-based ones. And I think there's really some merit in that, in that not only is it more fun, you know, to be social and do something collectively, but you're also accountable to others. And there's something very powerful about that. And it's, it's also, you know, to be really enjoyable. So I find that hiking with my friend, you know, of a morning is, is really great. It means I'm going to get out of bed because she's waiting for me at the base of the hill, you know. Mm-hmm. Things like that um, I think can really help, you know. And just actually, you know, it's, we can't save time, but we can make time, if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, we can't make a 26-hour day. It's just not possible, you know. But... But we can sort of go, you know what, instead of sitting around and maybe watching that TV show or watching or whatever for half an hour, I'm actually just going to go, that's the half hour that I'm going to go walking or that's the half hour that I'm going to read, you know, and learn about something new or whatever. I mean, it's just about, you know, we've all got different ideas about what, what, it, what where our time is best spent. You know, it's such a valuable commodity. And, you know, that's a conversation we could have for hours, you know, about, about mm-hmm. how the time is best spent. And everybody's life is different, so the answer's going to be different. Um, so for me, it's about, it's always starts with those things. And then also surrounding yourself with people that are going to support that intention, you know. So definitely, I just go back to the tribe again, you know. And, and the tribe, the wellness tribe is filled with family and friends as well, you know, mm-hmm. as it should be for everybody. So... That's a big one for me. Um, and then, you know, there's certain um, blogs, websites, certain people that I follow, certain books that I read constantly um, that inspire me. So, again, it's about firing, finding what inspires you and what's right. going to keep you going and, and invested in you and bettering you, you know. Um, and I think that the more we better ourselves, the more we grow, the more we learn, the more valuable we are to ourselves and others. And, and, and life is just fuller and richer and more fun. Mm-hmm. You seem very mindful of you know your time, but then also uh, being mindful of different perspectives as well. Uh, and you are obviously are very productive. You have you know a, a very uh, large community. You have uh, you know a lot of people that listen to the work that you put out. Um, you're definitely busy, and you definitely have a lot going for you. How 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 does someone be more mindful? of you know their time their their productivity what is there anything in your life that you use to uh, kind of keep you on track in that sense or is it just something like you said it's kind of a commitment it's an intention and it's all just it's all kind of uh, internally uh, there already yeah I mean I have a Fitbit like most people on the planet now 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I have a commitment that I'm going to walk so many steps, I'm going to do this or whatever, you know. Right. Um, you know, I have calendars on my wall. I have calendars on my phone. I have um, alerts that I'll put to make sure that I do things. Um, I'll tell somebody else that I'm going to do it. I'll tell my partner. I'll tell Scott, you know, can you, can you help me be accountable for that? You know, and he'll do the same thing for me. So they're the really big ones for me. Uh, you know, I, I, again, it just goes back to my tribe. I use my tribe constantly, all day, every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as I have my tribe, I'm a member of hundreds of other people's tribe, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's about connecting with, with people that are going to support what you want to be doing. And I don't mean support as in blow smoke up you and just do whatever you want them to do. You know, people that are actually going to... Um, reinforce and validate you know the way that you want to move through the world and I, I yeah for me it, it's just all it goes back to the tribe again and again and again I don't really have a system per se on my computer or a pro and I, you know some people do use things like that and I've heard that they really really work for some people I've actually just never personally tried it maybe I should actually but um you know there's kind of I don't know whether it's called my fit day or there's something that the tracks, for example, with food, you know, for example, people that want to lose weight, you know, tracks like over 3 million foods and exactly what you put in and how much wow. of it and helps you track your goals. You know, there's things like, there are kind of lots of different things like that out there. I've just never actually used anything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I definitely will definitely reach out to people and, and to help me be accountable, you mm. know, that I'm actually going to do that. And, you know, like I was saying, my, one of my big things is finding more balance. And just stopping and going, if I don't answer that email at 10 o'clock at night, it's okay if I get to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a real, I'm a really big one about responding. So I respond to every single email I receive, every single tweet, every single Facebook post, you know. And that takes a lot of time. So sometimes you can't respond within a week or even two weeks. And, oh, that kills me because I think, well, gosh, if someone's going to honor my story and spend enough time to write me a lovely email, I have to get back to them. I have to get back to them in a timely manner. Right. You know, and sometimes it's just not possible. I just can't do it all. So it's about, you know, realizing what your limitations are and what's possible and what isn't and being gentle with yourself and setting realistic goals um, and, this, you know, not being so hard. You know, for me, just not being so hard and, and just having a more gentle kind of allowing approach that just kind of accounts for mistakes, you know, and, and things not being perfect, you know, because we all just make mistakes. And for me, it's not if you make mistakes, it's how you account for them and how you make amends for it. You know, we all do stuff that we wish we didn't do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's what we do once we find out that we really shouldn't have done it. We're human beings. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So for me, I'm not going to write somebody off if they do something that I don't particularly like. It's what they do afterwards that's that's the real test for me, you Mm. know. So um, it's just about showing up and taking responsibility for your stuff. And, you know, when you're in a relationship with anyone, professional, romantic or otherwise, you know, you come together and you take joint responsibility for what happens in that little gray space for when your stuff and my stuff collide, you know, whether it's for good, bad and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, for me, you know, that to me that's the most exciting part of everything that I do, whether I'm acting, whether I'm doing voiceovers, whether I'm working as a blender girl, whether I'm developing recipes, whether I'm answering emails on my Facebook page, whatever I'm doing, it's all about story and it's all about interacting with other people, you know. And so that's the most exciting part of it. I mean, I... You know, it's so funny because people will email me looking for answers and yet 
I am fed by their story, you know, in the sense that you're like, oh, wow, you do what? That's so hmm. interesting, you know. So it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just that thing of, of, of realizing that, that the world is in constant motion and, and, and that we're all learning from each other. And once you really embrace that idea, um, it's just so much more fun. So, you get, again, it just goes back to tribe for me. Yeah. And that is interesting you mentioned the, you know, tribe holding you accountable and, and having, you know, your wellness, health, wellness tribe around you. Uh, and I think that's a great point because there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of apps and, you know, software programs and things like that, calendars, whatever you want to use, quote unquote, technology to keep you on track. But there's nothing stronger than a human connection that's going to hold you accountable because, you know, you aren't going to be accountable to, you know, a, a, an app or whatever uh, as much as you're going to be to another human being. So I think there's a there's a whole a whole other level there of of commitment. It's just another level. Uh, and I, I don't think that, you know, means technology is irrelevant. I think you can use both. But I think you bring up a great point with that. And just kind of hearing that, it makes me think that that makes more sense for more people because that's that then our, our heart is involved, our spirit's involved, our our conscience is involved. You know, your conscience your conscience isn't involved when when you have to, you know, check in with an app or whatever. So uh, I think there's a lot of value to that and, and that's really uh, how we create change within ourselves and how we create change within our communities and, and with our own tribes and, and that builds everyone up. And like you said, I've so many people have come into my life and I'm like I'm just amazed. I'm like, you know, wow, like I I get to talk to some incredibly amazing people that are doing innovative, incredible things in health and wellness, and I'm just grateful and, and, and so abundant and grateful for you know these people that come into my life. And I think uh, I think that's fuel. You know, I think that's that's fuel. That that is nourishment. That is nutrition. That is that is health. And uh, I think that's something uh, that you know you you've seemed to do very well with in the sense of you know connecting all these things in your life there's a very strong uh, human emotional uh positive connection that really just uh comes through in the work that you do um so thank you for that and uh thank you for sharing that i want to talk a bit about you know the, the cookbook and the app that you have so you mentioned earlier in the interview that you, there's a lot more you can do with with uh you know a blender than just make smoothies uh, what, what what's possible here? I mean, you know, we, we all eat different diets and a lot of us are on, you know, kind of in a rush or on the go a lot. Uh, what can be done with a blender that is kind of unconventional that uh, <laughs> is unique and that you do? Well, I mean, you know, obviously we, we can all, we all make smoothies, we all make margaritas and other cocktails and tonics and, you know, juicing, you know, mm -hmm. um, by just you know adding whole fruits and vegetables, some water, and then straining, you can make or not straining, you can make whole juices, which is amazing. Beyond that, and obviously salad dressings, sauces, purees. I mean, we're all you know doing that. Obviously, instant ice cream is another one that's a big one that everybody's doing. Beyond that, in the book, I mean, I've, I obviously do compost, homemade cleaning products, skincare, edible skincare in the blender. I'm doing all of that with my blender as well. Beyond that, you know, I'm I'm using it to create textures and flavors that are going to add value to the more sink your teeth into a texture. So I may, you know, you can make instant jam in a blender in less than a minute, you know, and sometimes we're not putting the blender on high 
because so much of the enjoyment, as I said, with, with food is about the texture. So I don't always want a completely pureed consistency. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm making burgers in the blender. So you can mix the burger patty in the blender. So it's got, you know, some texture to it, but you're just processing it and preparing it in the blender, you know. So what else are we doing? Um, you know, we're making pasta sauces. We're doing... Um, you know, the burgers, we're doing all kinds of different condiments. So, you know, so many of the condiments, we have some really fantastic natural food companies on the market, but they're still pasteurized and processed. They've still got additives and preservatives, which, you know, give them shelf life. You know, for me, it's about always having things in their most pure form and, you know, mostly raw, you know, so we're getting all those live enzymes. So, you know, my philosophy is the longer the shelf life, the shorter mine. So even though they might be more natural, I mean, oh, God, have you seen that natural video? It's so hilarious. Um, You know, natural is just such a fantastic catchphrase like fat-free was, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Um, It means nothing. (laughs) It means absolutely nothing. It could be GMOs and, everything. It just makes me laugh. That video is so hilarious. But, um, yeah, I mean, so it's just about doing, you know, very, very fresh, raw versions of those things. So I'm making Mm -hmm. an instant mayonnaise with... um, with cauliflower and cashew so it's all raw and I think it tastes better than any mayonnaise I've tried so then I'm using Mm -hmm. that to then make a whole bunch of other things like a potato salad and um, all kinds of different salads you know a green goddess dressing all kinds of things like that so Mm -hmm. really I'm using the blender um, to enhance the flavor of and the texture of other foods so you know a beautiful chimichurri sauce you know turns an otherwise bland bowl of grains and vegetables you know or steamed vegetables from boring to brilliant you know things like that so and then obviously desserts you know there's there's just certain things that are just better when they're super smooth so I'm making you know cheesecakes well you know raw cheese mm-hmm. and inverted commas cakes um you know puddings um ice creams things like that um we're also making you know, I love doing, like, fruit leathers and things like that, you know, mm. and all kinds of flax wraps and coconut wraps and those kind of things that I'm going to then use later with other kinds of ingredients to um, to make a full meal. So that's what's in the book. It's, you know, uh, the taco meat. You know, I make taco meat in a blender. It's not completely pureed. I'm just pulsing it, you know, so you could mm. do that in the food processor as well. So we're making the taco meat, um, we're making the pesto. Oh, I'm making all kinds of sauces to put on pizza. So it's not just tomato sauce. It's emulsions of um, balsamic vinegar and oil and all kinds of delicious things. And we're just drizzling that over. You know, I've got a potato and rosemary pizza with arugula with this beautiful balsamic glaze. Um, you know, things like that. So it's mm-hmm. for me, it was just more interesting to me. You know, one of the number one pieces of feedback that Vitamix gets, you know, everyone's using it for a smoothie, but they're not really going beyond that. And you can use it for so much more than that. You know, and even though I'm using a Vitamix, because I think it's the best blender on the planet, and I own them all, I use them all, I test my recipes on all blenders, you know, with the exception of five recipes in the book, where if you don't have a high-speed blender, you need to use a food processor, and I note that in the head notes. Everything has been tested on a $60 blender and everything in between. So I had 55 recipe testers blending all over the world, and I needed to make sure that these recipes were going to be accessible for people using all kinds of blenders on all kinds of budgets, you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the soaking of the ingredients is really key for the best textural result, and I note that in all of the recipes. With the smoothies, you know, obviously you're going to get the the smoothest consistency with the Vitamix, particularly if you're using um, nuts, seeds, oats, 
um, fibrous leafy greens, dates, sun-dried tomatoes, ingredients like that, which really need a very powerful motor in order to pulverize them completely, goji berries, other things like that that are quite fibrous. Um, but for the most part, when you soak things, you know, all the recipes work in, in a conventional blender. So it's just about realizing that you can, you can use it to make food prep a lot easier. You know, you can chop ingredients in a Vitamix. You know, you can, I make salads, I chop cabbage, all kinds of stuff. You know, if you're someone who loves making homemade hash browns, you can, you know, wet chop and dry chop those things in a Vitamix as well, you know. So there's lots of different things. Kneading dough, you know, I'm making pancakes and other kinds of doughs and breads in the blender. And actually, you know, those things can be done in a conventional blender as well, not necessarily kneading of, of bread dough specifically, but, um, but you know, soccer, for example, that's not really a conventional dough, but it's still a flatbread of sorts, can be done in, in a regular blender. Um, all kinds of pancakes, crepes, waffles, things like that. So, wow. I mean, I, got, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. I mean, there's so <laughs> many things you can do. That's cool, and that's cool that you have you test on different blenders as well. That really, you really are the blender girl. You've earned that. Title. <laughs> <laughs> well, when people come to my house, they just laugh their heads off because they go down because they go, "Where are all the blenders?" You know, and they're downstairs in in um in a butler's pantry. You know, in oh, a, okay. in the laundry. I turned the, the rest of the laundry into a butler's pantry because I just had nowhere to put all of these blenders and you know and all funny. these machines. You know, because I want to know what's out there. I want to make sure if somebody asks me. What do you think about the such and such blender? I can say, well, I've used it and it leaks out the bottom and, you know, right. it overheats or whatever, you know, whatever my feedback might be. Or it's fantastic. Are you what talking about the Nutribullet there? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does both of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, look, the Nutribullet's a fantastic blender for traveling, you know, yeah. for using every once yeah. in a while, you know, for a secondary thing at a holiday house or whatever. For everyday use, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you do get what you pay for, and it's yeah. a fantastic, um, inexpensive alternative. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I have found when I blend over and over and over again, it does it can heat. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it only obviously handles small portions. So you know, there's there's pros and cons to every machine. You know, right. um, you know, except the Vitamix, which I think is is fantastic. You know, and and the genius of that machine is the tamper, and that's why so many machines that are coming out have come out this year and will come out next year are copying that design because everybody's realised that we're dealing with physics, and when you're using centrifugal force and you're aerating particularly thick ingredients, you're going to develop air pockets. There's just no way of getting around it. And the, even if you tweak the, the carriage, the, the grooves in the carriage, the blade construction, you know, the way that you're creating a vortex of the material, at the end of the day, the only way to burst that consistently is by using that tamper while the machine is running. So it just saves time. It means you're blending more efficiently. You can control the consistency, the texture, all that kind of stuff. It's just so, so good. And that's the genius of that machine. So, for me, you know, everyone always compares Blendtec and Vitamix. I don't, I just never understand that because for me, there just is no comparison, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's always perplexing to me. But, um, you know, I suppose everyone's going to compare high-speed blender to high-speed blender. So, in terms of motor, yes, we can make a comparison. But in terms of everything else, from my experience anyway, um, I don't think that there is, is a comparison or not one that, that I'm going to pay much attention to. Mm -hmm. I think you need to get a picture with all of your blenders, just kind of like, <laughs> you know, kind of like a, a, a landscape uh, portrait. And then just put that on Facebook and say, I've officially earned the title. Here's, here's the proof. Here's the 
proof in the pudding and then be holding like some pudding or something to I know it's hilarious it's hilarious but anyway but it's fun you know it's fun and I I look I you know people just say do you really blend like four or five times a day and I go yep (laughs) Yep. (laughs) whether I'm making a dressing or a soup or a smoothie or a drink or whatever I mean I just Mm -hmm. I just think it's the greatest gift bestowed on us from the gods at least in the culinary world since the wheel so um i'm going to continue to exploit it to its full potential and encourage others to do the same thing mm-hmm. and like you like you mentioned there's, there really is a lot more that you can do i mean you mentioned skincare and condiments and uh vegan mayonnaise all these different things i mean there's so much that you can do there's really i mean it, there's no limit it's just the limit is your imagination and it's cool that your book not only has all those recipes but you're enhancing the texture and the flavor i think that's really cool because uh you know like you said your father said you know this food should be fun and you you really kind of uh took up that that idea and, and made it something creative and and uh you know fun it really it really is and can be and i think you've done that really well uh so so the blender girl smoothie app is that just a an app for smoothie recipes or what yeah, so what happened with the book was, the book has obviously been very successful and I'm so grateful um, and people absolutely love it and, you know, I just love getting those emails and messages. It's just so, so lovely. Um, and particularly from, you know, my favorite emails are from people who go, we're not vegetarians or vegans, but we had your food at a friend's house and it was so incredible that we bought the book and we're cooking our way through it and it's just so lovely to be able to include some of those options into our lifestyle. And that's so lovely, you know, that people that have not eaten this way before are including, you know, including it into their life and that makes me really happy. Um, but mm. there's 12 smoothies in the book um, and there's 12 of my favorite smoothies and I love them. And so we were getting a lot of feedback from people going, oh my God, those are the best smoothies I've ever had in my entire life. I want more. I want more. They're amazing, you know. And I do love creating smoothies and particularly fully flavored dimensional smoothies that take you on a journey like a textured dish. You know, that's why the pineapple salsa smoothie is my favorite smoothie of all time because it's a blend of sweet and salty and spicy and it hits you on the front end, expands in the mouth and has this wonderful back end kick and all of it just, it is so dimensional and it's such an explosion of extraordinary flavors that it really takes people by surprise and really introduces them to some very peculiar or seemingly peculiar things that you can put in a smoothie, you know. So uh, there is 100 recipes, smoothie recipes, so the 12 from the book and 88 new recipes. Um, It was so fun to create them because all of them have three optional boosters and you can add one, two or all three and all three work together and they they just keep getting, you know, making it more nutrient-dense or more dimensional in flavor with each edition. So what's great about that is I, I was trying to make the smoothie app very accessible to all people with all lifestyles. So, you, for example, you might start with a base recipe. And for, with the exception of cacao and maybe hemp, flax, and chia seeds, all of the superfood powders, I love superfood powders, but not everybody's going to buy them. You know, And I love all my Navitas Naturals packs sitting everywhere. But I mainly included those as optional boosters so people can still enjoy all of the recipes and choose whether or not they want to invest the money um, in those in those superfood packs, you know. So mm-hmm. for people that want to take their health and nutrition to the next level, they can do that. And for people that it's either not in their budget or they're just not up for trying that that day, then they can. there's still a recipe for them. So, you know, the recipes start with two ingredients and go all the way up to these fully dimensional things that I'm talking about. So, yeah, 100 smoothies. And beyond the recipes, I really wanted to create a tool 
for people to learn how to take this moving making to the next level and how to create these fully dimensional flavors with leafy greens, fresh herbs, spices, uh, coconut, salt, different juices, different milks, aloe vera, green tea, herbal tea, you know, rose water, orange water, you know, all these different kinds of things. And what they pair with. So, you know, I could put, I saw lots of other apps and they had these very, very thin little glossaries with like an explanation for yogurt, you know, I mean, and things like that, but it wasn't particularly helpful. So, you know, I really wanted to create a tool where you could learn, okay, if I'm going to try using collard greens, how much do I put in and what flavors do they pair with and how do I stop that smoothie from being poo brown? Right. You know, yeah. so that's what I really wanted to show people. Is if you're going to put cardamom in a smoothie, how much do you put in? What does it pair with? How do you start using it? You know, so every single ingredient is covered in the glossary. Um, very extensive notes. You know, there's about two or three paragraphs on every ingredient. You know, how to select it, how to store it, how to prepare it, what mm-hmm. to pair it with, how much to start with, what the range is. I think it's really, really, really helpful, and I think it's going to really help a lot of families, you know, and a lot of people to to really create some pretty cool stuff. So I'm really excited about it. Um, It just launched in the App Store last week, and the High Speed Interactive eBook was just launched today in iBooks in the iTunes Store. So that's an interactive book of the Blender Girl Cookbook. So that has the 100 recipes from the book and... um, also has nutritional profiling for all the recipes as the app does. There's an interactive milking chart, which I'm so excited about. You click on the milk bottle and it uses the chart that I have in the book and basically inserts any nut, seed and grain of your choice and creates the recipe. It's phenomenal. Um, and all of these amazing conversion charts. And there's so many incredible features. I mean, it's, I'm so excited about it. So that went on sale today. So there's, you know, some really cool stuff, but we're really excited about the book. We're really excited about the ebook, and we're really excited about the app. So um, the app is available for iPad and iPhone, and I'm getting a lot, I mean, just thousands of messages from Android users, um, and we are really working hard on um, coming up with the, the most viable alternative to provide this for Android users. I realize that's a huge portion of the market, and I, I hate, you know, putting out a product that is not available to everybody, you know, so that's always really heartbreaking. So we're, we're really working on it. I'm not sure... Um, when and if it will happen but as soon as it does I'll you know announce it in my newsletter and on my Facebook page and on my blog and all that kind of stuff but we're working hard at that but at the moment it's for iPhone and iPad and it's just beautiful you know so I'm just I'm just really excited for it to be out there in the world and and I hope it will help a lot of people to make some really delicious smoothies it was funny I just spoke in an event there were 1,300 women there, and it was so funny. I was making all these smoothies, and I can't tell you how many people put their hand up and said that they were making a strawberry banana smoothie every day, and how did mm-hmm. they move beyond that? You know, make it more interesting. So we just talked about, you know, five or ten ways that you can make a strawberry banana smoothie more interesting, you know, but I'm really a believer in diversity, you know, not eating the same thing every single day, even if it's got purported health properties it's just too much of a good thing is just always bad so i'm all about rotating and you know using different leafy greens every day using different fruits and vegetables different nuts and seeds different milks different juices different things like that so it's all about diversity so hopefully this will inspire people with there's a hundred there's 70 recipes at launch and every sunday we have a new recipe until we get up to the hundred and then i'll develop some more recipes so it's really exciting i'm so grateful for all these opportunities um and i'm excited for it to be out there in the world that's so cool. The the way you described the smoothies when you, the, just the way you described it, it. Well, first of all, the whole blender thing. I was like, whoa, this is extremely scientific, and I 
do not understand and it, it's kind of reminded me of when i was in science class in high school and i'm like what are they talking about uh so obviously you know your your blender technology <laughs> on, an, <laughs> on another level <laughs> and uh the way you describe the smoothies i've i obviously have a lot to learn i think the next title of your book should be like smoothie ecstasy or something because it sounded like a, <laughs> well, like a what, what drug TV experience. called me a, a smoothie sommelier. And I thought, oh, I like that. That's that is good. awesome. Because you know, they were just like, oh, my God, these are the most incredible smoothies I've ever had in my entire life. I just This is like a totally different experience. I just yeah. never knew that a smoothie could taste like this, you know, because, I mean, they are very dimensional and they're very different and they're amazing. And don't get me wrong, there's some very simple ones in there as well, you know, for kids. I mean, I really wanted kids to be able to use this, you know, because I test all my recipes on 12-year-olds. If a 12-year-old mm -hmm. can't make the recipe, it doesn't make it in the book mm -hmm. So or the app. So they have to be very simple and accessible, you know, because there's a lot of adults out there that never learn to cook as children or just have no interest or don't have time or whatever. So it has to be super easy, you know. So and particularly the smoothies, they're just ridiculously easy. But it was funny on the Today Show in Australia. It was so hilarious because the host is, you know, he's a larrikin. He's really funny. He tries to derail people. And I could just tell when he walked up to me and took a look at these things, I could just tell he was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to eat these and pretend I like them. Ugh, you know, thank you for coming to work today, you know. <laughs> but he was really, you know, I deliberately chose these three smoothies that are extraordinarily popular and very surprising and very dimensional in flavor, you know. And it's just the most hilarious segment because you've got this mainstream person where his his perspective is completely subverted in a four-minute segment. He goes from being a complete skeptic to proclaiming that they're the most incredible things he's ever tasted in his life, you know, <laughs> and that they're taste sensations, and these are the best juices and smoothies I've ever had in my entire life, and I, I've never felt this way after drinking a I mean, it is so funny, this segment, and it's so great to get those responses from people who think they're not going to like it. And that's what's really fun, you know, to me, is just introducing people to new things, you know, it's uh, for me, you know, cardamom is just my favorite ingredient at the moment. I'm just putting it in everything. I just love it, you know. It is and, good. Um, it's very good. <laughs> you know, it just adds something so special to particular kinds of smoothies, you know. Mm -hmm. And arugula, you know, adds this beautiful peppery note at the back end when used in a very small quantity. You know, just, just little things like that are are really great. And, and yeah, I'm excited because, I mean, smoothie, I mean, there there is no better definition than healthy fast food to me than a smoothie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. And you've definitely mastered the craft of the smoothie arts, uh, for sure. <laughs> but it just uh, it's obvious, but based on the way you describe the food and, and the way that you create it and and the everything. So uh, I really appreciate your time and, and you know expertise. You've really added a lot of value to this podcast and this episode. And I have one final question for you, and this is some. It's more of an open-ended question. Uh, you know, in life and in health. Health is more than you know physical, as you know. It's a it's a mind body spirit experience, and uh, it's important to kind of nourish every one of those areas and in, in each part of life. Uh, so my final question to you would be: What are the top three tips you would give our listeners to live a healthy, wild, and free life? One, stay hydrated. Water, 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 water. And either lemon water or chlorophyll water, but just filtered water, good quality filtered water. And I mean, you know, the quality of our water varies dramatically region to region, country to country. And so does the question of adequate filtration, you know. But I will say that if you're not drinking filtered water, your body is left doing the filtering. So staying hydrated, you know. Number two would be um, eat your greens. 
<laughs> you know, leafy greens, you know, and chlorophyll-rich foods are so alkalizing, so strengthening. They're full of nutrients. Um, incredibly, incredibly good for health. Um, and the third one is exercise. Keep moving. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. So they, they've been... Did you say three or five? Uh, it can be five if you want it to be. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. I, I'm good with three. But, okay. you know, why not four? We'll do four and five. Why not? It's okay. fun. Exactly. Uh, four, keep a positive attitude. Love yourself. Love others. Make sure that you're keeping yourself as healthy and happy as you can possibly be. Because, you know, happiness is so much a part of wellness. You know, it's not just about the food and the exercise. It's about the attitude and the spirit and the heart and all those kind of things. And five, what would the fifth thing be? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say lemons. Lemons are so alkalizing. They add a beautiful bright note to smoothies and other foods. You know, they brighten flavors. They lift flavors. They help everything to taste better. Um, and because of the high mineral salt content, it's confusing, you know, because they're chemically acidic, but once you metabolize them, they become alkalizing. So i got to tell you, if you came to my house right now and surprised me, you would find an enormous bowl of lemons in my house. So they are my best friend. I add them to everything, the zest or the juice. Sometimes I'll put a whole peeled lemon into a smoothie and make like, you know, a, a parsley grape lemonade smoothie, you know, or a watermelon lemonade smoothie or something. Just... Lemons are a fantastic, important one for producing as well because they just lift the pungency of green vegetables. You know, they just lift and brighten uh, juices, particularly when they're tasting a bit murky and heavy. You know, so, yeah, there we go. Lift with lemon is my fifth tip. Very cool. What a bright way to end it. Because <laughs> lemons are bright. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, a tremendous amount of value, so much great, so many great perspectives, and it really means a lot to me and everyone listening. Where can our listeners find you online? What is what is your websites and social media properties? Yeah, they can find me at theblendergirl.com, and I am the Blender Girl everywhere in social media: Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Google Plus, YouTube, everywhere. So it's the Blender Girl everywhere. So thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to talk to you. I love what you're doing, and um, you know it's just lovely to be connected. You're welcome. And also to anyone that's listening, I do answer every single email, every single tweet. So if people have questions, they can always reach out to me. There's a contact form on my website at theblendergirl.com, or tweet me, or Facebook post me, or whatever, and um, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Thank, thank you, and thank you for such a giving spirit, and I think that's. Especially with how many uh, you know followers you have in your community, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of commitment. So thank you for being so dedicated. Oh to no, people. it's so necessary. You know, if people are going to spend five minutes of the day honoring my story, I have to honor it back. That's just the way of the community and the energy of the universe is not back and forth. You know, I give to you as some stranger has just given to me this morning, and that's just the way that the world works. And mm -hmm. so you know, to not honor that just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Very cool. But thank you. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. And um, have a great week. You as well. Take care now. Bye. Bye.